Welcome to this episode of Starting a Business Simplified. In this episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Kayla Thompson-Rivierier. She is a friend, a fellow healthcare professional, and one of my clients. Kayla is a dedicated healthcare professional with over a decade of experience, mostly as a registered nurse in critical care areas. She stepped away from the bedside to launch her online business, Heard for Life, which provides private patient advocacy services exclusively to hospitalized patients across the U.S. I had such a great conversation with her around patient advocacy, awareness around that, but also asking her specific questions on what it's been like for her starting her own business, coming from being a registered nurse to now launching her own private patient advocacy business. She's one of my clients, and we've come so far together. So let's dive right in and listen to this beautiful conversation. Welcome to Starting a Business Simplified, Navigating the Shift a podcast for those of you looking to transition from a medical career to starting an online business. I will be sharing how to get started, success stories, and more. If you are looking to make the move from medicine to online, but don't know where to start, this is the podcast for you. I'm Susie Rains, your host, and I look forward to helping you simplify starting a business. Hi, Kayla. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Susie. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so excited to share your story on this episode. I introduced you earlier before we started recording, but if you wouldn't mind just taking a few minutes and give us a, just kind of a brief summary of where you started and where you are now, how you got to where you are today. Sure. So I have been in healthcare for a little over a decade. Most of that as an RN, mostly in critical care areas. I stumbled upon private patient advocacy as its own separate industry about, let's see, probably seven, eight months ago now, and felt so incredibly called to it. I actually, when I found out about it, I said, oh my God, this is a job made for me. I've been doing this work <laughs> for $30 an hour in between, you know, keeping people on life support. I can just do this. That would be great. <laughs> Private patient advocacy as an industry is mostly run by solo entrepreneurs. You don't, it's not really something that you get a job doing. So that was a barrier to entry at first. But a few months ago, it became something I could no longer push in the back of my mind. And thankfully I found you and you have brought my idea to life. And here we are. That's so awesome. One thing that you said was that you couldn't keep pushing it to the back of your mind. I would love if you would share that mental process that you had. So you're a critical care nurse, you're doing already doing the work, but you were like, you know what? I wanna do this full time. What was that process like as you were thinking about how you could do that, knowing that, oh, this is something that I would need to be an entrepreneur because it's not necessarily something I could go get a job doing? Right. So it's it's interesting because the past couple of years, I've been on a bit of a self-improvement journey anyhow. And about a year and a half ago, I started dabbling in ideas for what I could do with my 
entrepreneurial personality type. I came to the conclusion that some people are wired to be employees and that is perfectly fine. Uh, but I realized that that's part of the reason I get so frustrated with different aspects of jobs is there's, there's just certain limitations and the way that my mind thinks is it really in a different way. <laughs> so I knew that I needed to start leaning into the entrepreneurship, but that is, it's just, you open the box and you look inside and how many different avenues can you go down and which one is right? <laughs> so I tried on quite a few things before I found something that fit, but what, what really had made a difference for me is, you know, I started thinking about the private patient advocacy at that time in my life. I wasn't ready to take on starting a business as well, but it, it became a thing where it's no longer something I want to do. It's something I have to do. <laughs> there, when I think about advocacy work, it's, it's almost like there's, there's a, a freight train inside me and you can't make it stop. So you got to get up there and steer it <laughs> to get it in the right direction. It's, I'm compelled to do this, called, driven. And that's, that's really what made the difference for going down this path instead of it being an idea or something I wanted to try out. It's a truly a compulsion. <laughs> I love that. I love how you described that it's a drive and it's a freight train. Like it's, you're called to do this. It's your purpose. And that's something that I talk about all the time on my podcast and with my clients, you being one of my clients, for those of you listening. <laughs> Kayla and I met in a Facebook group in another program that we were in together. And it's interesting because you mentioned opening a box and having a million different paths that you can take, different ways you can go. But the number one thing that I tell people, you have to know what you want to do. And that's the first step. The first step is figuring out what is that service that I want to provide that has the drive behind it, the passion. You wake up in the morning and you need to tell people this is what you do. And this is how my business was born is I'm very passionate about helping people start their business. I am, I'm passionate about helping them discover and grow and learn and figure out all the things that they need to figure out to do the passion that they want to do. So in that process, so now, you know, I want to be a patient advocate. This is what I want to do. Walk me through kind of the process of how you were figuring out how you were going to do that. So, well, first I did what everybody does when they're trying to find an answer and you had to Google. <laughs> but when you Google private patient advocacy, there's really not a whole lot of information that comes up. You can get a few articles about it that explain why it's so important. And we as a group are not loud enough. Part of the reason I'm happy I'm doing this podcast and hope to have opportunities to do more. People by and large don't know that private patient advocacy exists. It still blows my mind that I was in healthcare for 11 years before I heard about it. So when you just, when I decided, okay, you know, this is something I have to pursue, what's next? When I decided to become a nurse, it was very clear. I went to the local community college and actually I heard a, a seminar about it. I said, oh yeah, nursing, that's perfect. Okay, I will take the pretest, and then I will get enrolled in the course and do the coursework and then graduate and pass the boards and then get a job as a nurse. It was a very clear plan. I said, I want to be a patient advocate. 
And then there was nothing. I, I Luckily, I stumbled upon a database for patient advocates. It's called GNA, Greater National Advocates, gnanow.org. Wonderful database, free to anybody to use to find advocates if anybody out there is looking for one. But I found a ton of advocates in my area and just started sending messages to see who would talk to me to help point me in the right direction so that I could get the ball rolling. That's, that's really how I started. I followed, I interviewed a bunch of advocates and I found you. Yeah. So for those listeners out there, I, this is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on Kayla is because when you're an entrepreneur, there's no guide or book or step-by-step. There's a lot out there. You can Google. There's a lot of books you can find. They all have their own spin and their own way of doing it. But one thing that I found is that there's a lot of information you don't need at the beginning. And I love that you took the initiative, that's the entrepreneur spirit, to just do some research. Okay, I'm going to go find some advocates. I'm going to go find some groups. I'm going to go look and connect. And that's something that I recommend people do that are listening as well. If you have a passion for something, go find somebody who's doing it. And I know for you, Kayla, it was that was a challenge because not too many people know about it. So I would love for you to spend just a few minutes. And for those people who don't know what private patient advocacy is, if you wouldn't mind explaining it. And then I also want you to explain how critical care is different because there's there's different paths there for that. Yeah, absolutely. So at the most fundamental level, a patient advocate is somebody who speaks on behalf of the patient and makes sure that things get addressed. You know, if you have been ill before or dealt with a close family member who is ill, it's very difficult when you're the one in the bed, in the gurney, to think of all the questions that need to be asked to make sure everything gets addressed because you're sick. You're not feeling well. Half the time, your mind isn't operating at the place that it would be. So it's very important to have another person there for you. Professional patient advocacy takes that a step further. So you actually have a person. Typically, it is a a paid role. There are some free advocacy services. I'm not super well-versed in how far they go, though. But typically, you have it's, it's a paid role, somebody who does this professionally as their business and will communicate with your providers. They'll be on top of the information so you can focus on getting well. Most people who practice in advocacy practice in what I kind of consider general advocacy. So there's a lot of people who will go with you to your doctor's appointment and coordinate, you know, make sure we're not overlooking medications or we didn't forget to talk about symptoms or following up on blood work that may have forgotten. You know, really being prepared to make the most out of those very short doctor's appointments. And then they help to be quite proactive when issues do come up. You already mentioned that my practice is a little bit different. I do critical care or acute care patient advocacy. So I actually work solely with people who are in the hospital and require assistance for navigating their immediate complex medical needs. Not everybody in advocacy comes from a clinical background. So I found that actually I have yet to speak with an advocate who will take on a new client if they are currently hospitalized. Just because there's so much going on when you're in the hospital, things are changing every day. 
And it's, it's a lot of work. And frankly, there's not enough advocates to go around as it is. So, I mean, it makes sense that they would want to stay in their, in their zone of genius and do the kind of work that they do, more of a, a management process. So that's part of the reason I chose to focus on acute and critical care is the need is so large. In addition, that's my bread and butter. <laughs> that's where I've spent my career. So I have lots of knowledge in the area that I, I like to, to share with those who need it. Thank you so much for that. And you're reminding me of many situations. I come from a medical background, not in as much of the critical care and acute care that you have experience in, but my dad had a double lung transplant. I think it's been like six years ago. He was in, he was 70 when he had it. And I can remember the stressors my family put on me because I was the medical person. I'm doing quotes, which you guys can't see. Um, <laughs> the medical knowledge person in the family. So it was like, oh, the nurse said this or the doctor said that. I can remember spending nights in the hospital. They laid a bed out so that the family members could rotate and kind of come in and realizing how much is going on to manage my dad that was, you know, hour by hour, sometimes 15 minutes by 15 minutes, just depending on what was going on. And me having medical background that I had understanding what was happening and knowing what was happening, but still having that uneasy feeling because it was my dad. You know, it was like, I'm a family member. I'm I'm not here to intervene between what everybody in the family needs to know and what the doctors are saying. Like, that's not my job. I'm supposed to be the daughter that's just here supporting their dad. Right, um, exactly. Yeah, so it's such an incredibly important role. If you wouldn't mind sharing what someone could expect. So I have... The listeners here are medical professionals that may be thinking about starting business for the for those people that are like, oh, I never thought of private patient advocacy. What would you recommend for somebody that's interested in going down that path for their own business? Sure. So for anybody who's considering it, honestly, I think reaching out and talking to anyone who will talk to you who's in advocacy is a great place to start. Because as I mentioned, there's a lot of different facets to private patient advocacy. And it's, I found it very valuable to speak to many different people doing it in many different ways. It really helped me to get the wheels turning on what it could look like for me. Also consider your strength. You know, it's funny. I, when I first decided, okay, I'm going to get into advocacy work. I thought that that meant I would be doing the going with people to their doctor's appointments and helping manage chronic illness, essentially. Uh, I didn't even think about it in the acute space at first. It wasn't until I started talking to more people and really saw this need that I thought, it, you know, hey, I could make it work. We also live in such a digital age. My practice runs virtually. It's amazing. I can have somebody, I'm out on the East Coast and I can have somebody in the West Coast whose, you know, father is in the ICU looking for guidance and support. And I can be there and I can help them a phone call away, a Zoom call away. So that that's wonderful too. So really considering what is your area in healthcare that you shine in and that you love doing and that you have a good bit of knowledge in that can be brought to advocacy in some way. I'm going to switch gears a little bit since you and I have worked together. How would you say your experience before you and I started working together was? And then if you wouldn't mind kind of sharing 
what that was like working with me and the journey that you've taken so far to help you get your business started and where you are now. That's like asking the difference between when the sun is shining and when it's the darkness of a hurricane at night. Before I started working with you, I had a grand idea and a vision and absolutely no idea what came next. You provide structure and clarity, guidance and support. It's, you know, there's nothing that you have brought to the table or taught that is absolutely novel and can't be found somewhere else in the bowels of the web. But the thing is, if you're spending so much time just digging and trying to find the answer and finding conflicting resources and not knowing what order to do what in and trying to figure out how to prioritize yourself, then that's all you're spending your time on. And then there's no time and energy and effort left to actually developing the business. So you completely take that away. It's like if you wanted to build a house and then you said, well, I'll just YouTube the whole thing. <laughs> Versus if you, you know, hired a contractor to show you along the way or, you know, something, the difference is just, I would still be probably writing out a mission statement and bumbling around with Facebook posts, but I wouldn't have a clear, concise plan. I love how you compared it to building a house because I like to use that analogy too. You hire a contractor instead of doing YouTube because the contractor knows everything that has to go into building that house. Now, granted, they are not going to do all of the work. They are going to have to ask you questions like you have to make decisions. How big do you want the house? Where do you want the house to be? What kind of materials do you want to use? What does the flooring look like? What is, how many windows do you want? And I feel like I, that fits perfectly with our relationship, how you and I work together is that you knew what the house you wanted the house to look like. And you're like, okay, now, Susie, I need your help because I need to know how to write out those plans. And so we wrote out the blueprint for your private patient advocacy house. Right. And every step of the way, I would get to a place where I would almost start to feel overwhelmed and have no idea, you know, what direction to steer the train in. But I, every time I just told myself, it's fine. I'm, it's Monday. I'm going to see Susie on Wednesday and she's going to have the answer. I'm not going to spin my wheels about it. <laughs> and sure enough, I love that you said it helps with prioritizing as well, because like you said, you can go down every rabbit hole there is. And the reason why I do what I do and I built my business around business planning is I was that person. I would go down to shiny objects and I would be like, oh, that's a great idea. Let me try that. And instead of having that redirect constantly pulling me back, for those listeners who don't know, I wrote a workbook that people can do on their own. And I physically went through my own workbook. And whenever I would get distracted or overwhelmed or not sure what to do next, I would just go back to the workbook. So I feel like you and I working together, I loved that you would reach out whenever you had a question. That's something that I really encourage people to do when they work with me because no question is a bad question. And you and I together, I know there were times when it was like, okay, we need to look this up. And we would both attack it at the same week you know it's like okay we're gonna look up legal stuff now okay i'm gonna do my research you do your research we come together and then find a solution that works best for you so i really appreciate all of the kind words that you said about me and i just love that that you have a real-time experience of working with me because that's something that hasn't been on my podcast before 
Ah, wonderful. Yeah. Well, I mean, truly what it comes down to, you don't know what you don't know. And I mean, that's really the basis of any kind of coaching. <laughs> like I said, I could probably have spent two or three years diligently researching all of the things to figure out what I needed to do, or I could work with you. I'm happy I chose the latter. <laughs> And just so that people understand, so Kayla and I started working together. When did we start working together? February? February. March. February. So it was a vision in February. So tell people where you're at today. And it's okay that you don't have every single thing all figured out because that's not really true entrepreneurship. The reality is I'm a year and a half in my business and I still don't have everything figured out. And that is totally okay. But where are you at today after working with me from February till now? So I have launched my business. My business is called Heard for Life. Heard with the letter A in it. So like you want to be heard by your doctors. It's also an acronym. It stands for Health Empowerment Through Advocacy for Patients' Rights and Dignities. So I am live, have been for a couple of weeks now to work with clients. I don't have one yet, but you know, it does take time. <laughs> I'm sure they're coming. I know they're out there. So I right now have the process set up to work one-on-one -on -one with clients, people who are in the hospital, and then their family member would be involved in the process as well to work with them virtually to help guide them through their hospital experience. Then I'm also currently in the process of setting up, I'm going to be doing almost call it like a group coaching, but where I'll have two times a week meetings for advocates. So as I mentioned, there's a lot of kind of general advocates and there are many advocates who come to this without a clinical background. So I want to provide a place where they can be more supported when their clients go in the hospital and they have a resource that you know, they have access to and can ask questions. And if they need to, we can work one-on-one -on -one together to help sort through their patient's issues so that they can fully support their clients through that acute phase. Then I will, I also coming down the pipes after that, I will be setting up kind of the same thing, but open to the public. So I see this being helpful, especially for caretakers of say an elderly parent or something as a resource. I, I'm going to title it, I think, ask the nurse. So you stop in once a week, you, you know, pre probably pre-submit your questions and we can chat about, you know, things you have questions for that maybe 20, 30 years ago, you could have asked the doctor, but let's be honest, you're not getting questions answered at the doctor anymore. And when you go on Google and WebMD, <laughs> you find more problems than answers half the time. <laughs> so I, I'm going to make that resource available to, that'll be open to the public. I just love seeing how much you've grown personally, professionally in your business, what you're doing. The ideas are just flowing. And I love that you're always reaching out like, oh my goodness, I got this and I got that. And it's so beautiful. I love sharing that. And that's something that makes me love what I do is being able to support and help those people that want to start their own business, be an entrepreneur, do what they love, wake up in the morning and love what they do. So for those people that are looking that may need an advocate, where would they find you personally or also where they could go if they needed a general advocate? Is there anywhere that you could share or I could put it in the show notes? Yeah. So I'll send you the link, but the website is gnanow.org. That's 
G-N-A as in Greater National Advocates Now dot org. So that is a free database, free for advocates and free for patients. It's a nonprofit. It was founded by Mr. Brad Schwartz, who's a very interesting individual. We can put some information on him in the show notes as well. He's a lawyer in Chicago who actually lost both of his hands and feet due to medical error. So as a result of that, he established this nonprofit because he really could have benefited from having an advocate and realized that after the fact. So he does a lot of work in the advocacy space. So GNA Now is a great resource for any, any type of advocate, and that's a nationwide database. Me, you can find me, myself, on Facebook, Kayla Thompson-Riviere. That's a mouthful. If you just get anything close, <laughs> I should pop up. <laughs> and then also my website, www.curdforlife.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing. One thing before we go, is there one tip that you would give someone out there that is thinking about starting a business or they're, they have this amazing passion about something, but they're thinking there's no way that I'll be able to do this. What would you share with them that they could, they could do to move forward? So if you feel like you have your passion and you're like, yes, I have that freight train inside me too, please call Susie. I don't know what you're waiting for <laughs> because she will help you to flesh out that idea and kind of do a little viability test and go down that road. If you're not sure yet, just keep trying things. You know, there's no fault in trying on a pair of shoes before you buy them. You don't have to come up with a business idea and then beat yourself down because it didn't work out. That's okay. You know, it's the same reason why you date before you marry. Well, I mean, most people do, <laughs> you know. Your first idea is probably not going to be the one that fits. I thought that I was going to make a living selling art. <laughs> that did not work out. Then there were many ideas after that, and that's okay. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that, because I share that as well. I think I had five previous ideas before this one landed. So it's a common thing. Those of you listening, don't feel bad about it. It's totally fine. And always reach out. So I will have everything in the show notes of how you can get a hold of Kayla if you have questions. I'll have the advocacy information in there. My information's always in there. And for the listeners out there, as always, keep it simple. Thanks for listening to this episode of Starting a Business Simplified, Navigating the Shift. If you enjoyed this episode, then hit the subscribe or follow button on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. This podcast is for you. So be sure to reach out and let me know what you thought about this episode. If you're not sure how to get started with your business, download a copy of the Starting a Business Simplified Guide. Click on the link in the show notes for your copy.